Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Bob Berman and this is Jim Metzner and this is Astounding universe. Welcome. What are we going to talk about today? Bob? Well, you just breathed out. Let's let's go no further. How about uh, breathing? Okay, catch you next time. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Sorry. Okay, breathing. Yes, because there's a puzzle that always bothered me, and I've only recently, namely a year or two ago. Uh, found the answer to that. The puzzle was this. If somebody is um, drowning and needs to be resuscitated and somebody else is giving them those life-saving breaths, mm. breathing out, well, I thought that we exhaled carbon dioxide. Right. And so if we exhale carbon dioxide, how is it remotely helpful to be breathing out into somebody's lungs? Mm. Is, that, is that helping them in any possible way? Ooh, that's a good one. So just thinking about it off the top of my head, there's got to be some oxygen in there. Otherwise, we'd be killing the person. Exactly. So what is it? I did a little research. This was a couple of years ago, and I'm still amazed by it. Compared to the air that we inhale, hmm. what is the chemical composition of the air that we exhale? Because that, that'll answer that question, whether that out-breath is life-giving or can be life-giving. So here it is. We breathe in air that's mostly nitrogen. I think we all know that, 78% nitrogen. It's 21% oxygen. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff our bodies need. That leaves over about 1%. What is that 1% that's not nitrogen and not oxygen? Uh, I know this because we did a show on it. I think it's argon. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, argon. Argon makes up about 1% of the air. It's the stuff that we used to fill light bulbs with, those old-fashioned ones before we had the LEDs. The glass was filled with uh, argon. So that pretty much makes up the whole 100%. But it can't be exactly 100% because there's trace things there. There's a little some water vapor, there's some hydrogen, and one of them is the infamous, and these days, the villain of the uh, gaseous community, carbon dioxide. If you ask people, what percentage of the air is, is carbon dioxide? I think everybody would be surprised to know that even back in the old days, before it started building up and building up, it was only a tiny fraction of 1%. And even these days, with all the extra CO2, 400 parts per million, that's what the atmosphere is up to now. What does that mean as a percent? 125th of 1% of the air, even now. As I breathe in. Yes. Well, what about when I'm breathing out? Ah, now when we breathe out, obviously our body has been using the oxygen in the air. Some of it has gotten converted into carbon dioxide. And in the old days, we used to think, I used to think anyway, that it was all carbon dioxide. No. And exhaled air is uh, 4 to 5% carbon dioxide. So in other words, it goes from 125th of 1% that we're breathing in, carbon dioxide, to 4 to 5%. So that's about 100 times more. So we, we are intensifying the carbon dioxide in our breaths by taking it in and breathing it out. That's true. 
and everything else is still the same. They're still getting oxygen. They're still getting nitrogen. They're still getting yes. a little bit of oxygen argon. is less now because we use some of it. Uh, you oh. know, it started out with about twenty-one percent, but we breathe out four to five percent oxygen, and that's why when you breathe into somebody else's lungs, they can use that. It's not going to kill them. It's going to help them. I could just see that person getting his dose of argon. He said, my God, I gave him mouth to mouth and he was glowing like a, like a light bulb. That's right. Well, that stuff stays the same. The argon comes out. The, the, our body doesn't do anything with it. The nitrogen still stays at the 78% because our body doesn't like it and it doesn't hate it. It's sort of mm -hmm. it's neutral. It doesn't help us. It doesn't hurt us. Ah. Well, you know, thinking about breath is in so many of the great traditions, maybe even all of them, breath is an important thing. You know, the breath of the Holy Spirit or the breath of God or prana. You know, this idea of breathing is very much tied into spiritual matters. And whatever you make of that, it is this interface between us here on earth and something that's larger than us. So you could see where that came from, this idea that we're taking something in, something is happening, and then we're giving something back. Yes, yes, I love that too, that we're really earth creatures first, before we're humans, before we're any particular animal variety or species, we're a earth creature. And so we take in things of the earth, water and air, we give out and others breathe it in, and we're all communal. Mm. Yeah. And just the very act of breathing. You don't have to pay attention to breathing because it's going to happen whether you want to or not. But so a lot of practices, you know, involve, you know, starting to pay attention to your breathing. And when you do, something changes. Very interesting. You start to pay attention to your breath and without changing it so much and you become more relaxed. Really interesting process. A lot of the meditative techniques that's one of the steps of, you know, watch your breathing and so right. forth. Mindfulness. Mindfulness, breathfulness. Anything else you got in your hip pocket about, uh, about the magic of breathing or breath? Uh, it, what you were saying made me think of the whole free will thing, which is that it's interesting that we breathe by mm -hmm. ourselves without having to think about it. Mm -hmm. Or we can think about it and say, yeah, I can control it. Here, watch. I'll take a breath. <gasps> I'll exhale my breath. <sighs> and I'm controlling it. Or when we don't think about it, we don't control it and it happens anyway. So does this apply to everything? Like we assume we think and we plan and we decide we're going to have Chinese food tonight. Or like breathing, does that just pop into our heads? Do our brains just do that thought? And we can say, yeah, I, I thought of it. I planned it. Or just as equally, just like breathing, it happens on its own. We're going to leave you with that question. Here it is. Are we going to have Chinese food tonight? <laughs> so for Astounding Universe, I'm Jim Metzner. And I'm Bob Berman. We'll catch you next time.